This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. guys welcome back to another edition of gangplank report we are covering episode 11 of below deck mediterranean which they called should i stay or should i go and we have renamed magicless mike yep in our rapid recap for this week to start katie feels like she's in a lose-lose situation because she either has to move six people for one or deny help she needs the weather spoils any chance of water sports, so David and Z dress as firemen and put on a show. Z is Magic Mike, and David is Muggle Mike. Lexi tells Delaney she thinks stewardessing courses are idiotic, which is probably why she can't make a bed. Charter guest Crystal doesn't like family style and asks for an entree, but doesn't get one. Lexi encourages, air quotes, Delaney to hide a makeup stain on a sheet instead of changing them. Matt wants Katie to fire Delaney so he can have his bunk and his tip back. Lexi naps in the laundry. One of the jet skis starts to sink and Sandy doesn't like that Malia is covering for the deck crew instead of admitting someone forgot to secure the plugs. The beach picnic is a bust except for the food. The elegant white party turns into an Amish white party with the provision dresses and everyone breaks out the scissors. Danielle wants to establish a church to avoid paying taxes and also run for mayor. And the cliffhanger is another conversation with Katie and Delaney about whether Katie's keeping her, but a keen eye in the previews will give you your answer. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. You know, I feel like the common thread throughout this entire episode is the room change Delaney Mm -hmm. situation. Right. And honestly, I feel like Katie's just not handling this well. I get that it's close to the end of the season. I get that Delaney is not super experienced on the inside, but at least she's enthusiastic about it more than I can say for her counterpart in this whole Delexi as Courtney called them, situation where it basically seems like they're doing the same job. I mean, there's plenty of times where we see the two of them in the same area together and Lexi not doing anything, Mm -hmm. daydreaming and Delaney actually working. So I find that a little bit frustrating. And then on top of that, Lexi, like you said in the recap, states that she thinks that stew courses are dumb or idiotic, or whatever her terminology was. And that might explain a lot. If she feels like it's not pertinent for her to invest in her career and her education in that career, then that tells me a lot about her as a person going forward in this industry. I have done several courses. I actually went and took a refresher silver service course right before I filmed my season because I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything up to date and up to standard Mm -hmm. before 
we started filming, it was important to me to make sure that I had that on lock before filming started because I didn't want to misrepresent what we do. And I think that goes back to what we've been talking about basically all season about there are people who are there who really want to be in the industry, want to move up in the industry, enjoy their job. And there are people who are there to use it as a launching pad for something else. And Lexi is obviously, if you're not even going to take a course for what your job is, then that tells me how invested you are in the job period. And not only has she been shadowing Delaney and can't even get her name right, but she's also, I don't know if you saw this, things that are slipping through the cracks that are her fault, she's blaming on Delaney to Katie because Katie was saying that she needed to tighten up the beds, that Katie had to go back through and tighten those up. And then she said that one of the rooms didn't have a bath mat in it. And Lexi immediately said, oh, that was Delaney. (laughs) It's just like, okay. Right. And I think that that's going to be her scapegoat. She Mm -hmm. is thrilled about the fact that she's got somebody else to blame things on and to make do the work that she doesn't want to do. And it just further shows her lack of work ethic at this point. Right. But she's picking on Katie's work ethic too. I mean, yes, I agree with you. I have a problem with Katie vacillating so much on this decision. I'm a make a decision person and deal with the consequences of my decision, but I don't generally vacillate for as long. I'll weigh pros and cons, but she's getting herself completely anxiety ridden over it. But then Delaney, when they're at the beach picnic, is picking on that the glasses don't match and that she doesn't like the setup that Katie did and says that chief stews need to be on their A game. So it's kind of like she knows in her head how it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like and she'll critique the heck out of Katie but she doesn't care enough to put in the effort to do it herself right absolutely it's easy for her to be a hypocrite Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) nice concise way to put it (laughs) yeah it's easy for her to be a hypocrite and it's frustrating to watch For a multitude of reasons, further amplified by the fact that everybody's upset about this room change thing. I know you had a question from somebody. Right. Our friend from Twitter, Lulu Electra, was asking about the not being able to bunk with mixed genders. And we touched on it a little bit last week, but what it seems to be is a directive specifically from the management company. They lease these boats from different management companies and they all have their own sets of rules. And I think that's a big part of it, but you had some information also that might make it make more sense. Yeah, every boat's a little bit different. Sometimes the directive comes down from the owner. Sometimes the directive comes down from the management company or the captain. I mean, it could come from a lot of different directions. And we have seen part of the confusion that I saw on Twitter is that we've seen in previous seasons where Josiah and my replacement were in a room together. And that seemed to not be an issue where on my season, Sam and CJ bunked in a room together. And then alternatively, Ben and I we're in a room together and Alex and Kat were in a room together, plenty of co-ed bunking. It all depends on what the policies are of the boat. And that could come from the management company. It seems strange to me that all of a sudden that would be the first time that this issue comes up. But recently there has been a pretty big lawsuit leveled against not only the management company, but also the owner of a boat where an incident happened to a stewardess 
from one of the crew members on the boat and it happened to be a co-ed rooming situation. So it's possible that a lot of management companies are now cracking down on that because they want to avoid that liability. And maybe that's the recent change that we have seen. Although I don't expect that it will necessarily carry across the rest of the franchises. It's just maybe that one management company that manages that particular vessel has started cracking down on it. Right. And we do have to take into account that the show has been going on for a decade now. And as the world changes, standards are going to change on the yachts too, I would think. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you have to pay out $70 million. Right. That's yeah. that's, a hef- <laughs> that's a hefty payout. Yeah. That's, that's a motivator for sure. Yep. Yep. And then we move into this fireman strip show. <laughs> I want to know why they had the fireman costumes in the first place. Was it like on the preference sheet and I missed it or something? Because it just seemed random to have them. In case they had a bachelorette party? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But it still seems like a double standard to me. If you could imagine back to my season when we had the group of guys who were all trying to go out and pick up girls, Mm -hmm. if the guys hadn't picked up any girls and had come back from the bars and said, well, we didn't get any girls. So can you girls give us a strip show? Like, you know, the world would have been on fire, especially Twitter. So it still seems to me like a pretty dirty double standard to think that it's okay. And the bosun even makes a comment, like I'm not pimping out my crew, but effectively you kind of sort of are. Right. You're not directly like telling them to go into a guest room with somebody, but it's still very clear that they're, while they're trying to do their best, uncomfortable with the situation, just as in the sumo strip show was uncomfortable to watch. Right. Like both of them are great and they were adorable. And even David mentions like, I'm not Magic Mike, hence the title of our episode. But definitely magicless. (laughs) I mean, they tried and I give them credit for that. But the point is they shouldn't have had to try anything at all. Right. There are plenty of other ways to entertain guests on boats that don't require your crew to take their shirts off. Right. And if it was girls that they made do that, you know that it would have been a much bigger problem and they probably would have gotten canceled. Yeah. I mean, in seasons past, there was a male group that wanted the women to come out in bikini tops and serve them food. Remember the guy who liked the sushi or whatever? And he had the, the naked sushi platter and all of that. It does. And I don't know if it's just because society as a whole seems to favor the women's side on this and doesn't want them to be objectified or if men just seem to be more okay with it the only one I remember really having a problem with it was Josiah when they made him wear that gold speedo gold lame speedo yes that was horrible and he just seemed miserable about it and that was when I started realizing okay you're a hypocrite Jen for thinking that this is funny when the guys do it, but being mad when they do it with the girls. And I've started to have a different way of thinking more along the lines of what you are. And I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of this, what we know about this deck team already, that they're pretty mild mannered and that they're not like we talked about in a previous episode, that they're not like the ultra chauvinistic, let me show off my hot body kind of group Mm -hmm. I feel like that makes it more obnoxious to me yeah although they were ogling 
Delaney's Instagram pretty hardcore. There, <laughs> no, I know, but yeah. they also weren't like, I'm going to bang that. Right. Either. Exactly. You know, it, yeah, well, they, they were very polite seasons, right? They were very yeah. polite with their commentary. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, I still have a problem with this, but whatever. It's what people yeah, want to I, see, I guess. Yeah. And the, I thought the beer pong with them drinking the water and the girls drinking was more fun and more neutral ground. Except for the commentary. Except for the commentary, but that was on the <laughs> charter guests, not yes. on the Yeah, but crew. could you imagine they still probably would have been pretty uncomfortable? I mean, there was a couple right. times where they showed their eyes like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Danielle, Danielle, boy, the fact, I don't know if she's joking when she said she was a minister or not, but dang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if and she is, that church is wild. I'm telling you. Yeah, what. right. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and focusing still on the deck team, we see this entire thing play out with the jet ski. And it's funny to me how they skirted around what the actual technical term for that part of the jet ski is, but it's called a bunghole. <laughs> and that's it. The, you plug the bunghole. That's what it's called. So it's funny to me that for whatever reason, they cut out the whole part of it. You heard them say bung once or twice, but yeah. they cut out the rest of it. I don't know why. Uh, so probably because me. of idiots like me who immediately go back to Beavis and Butthead and pull their shirts <laughs> over their head and start saying, I am Cornholio. <laughs> <laughs> oh but I mean, we see a little bit of tension play out with the captain and the bosun here. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, is this foreshadowing for what happened? later in the season or is this just an isolated incident I don't think we've seen all of that play out yet no there's a point where she flat out tells Malia up in the pilot house where she flat out tells her that she doesn't trust her so more is to come and I think they've been sprinkling it in in small doses because the first situation was about the slide there was a little bit of tension there now the tension has ramped up a little bit with Malia covering for the deck crew and then in the previews, we well, see. Well, but was she covering for them or was she trying to diagnose it first before blaming I, anybody? I you know, think like- what Sandy said, and you know that it pains me to agree that Malia is smart enough to know what causes a jet ski to sink and okay. sucking up a bag would not be that. If she had just said, we don't know what the problem is yet. I would have absolutely concurred with what you're saying, but for her to try and make something else up, it did have that vibe that Sandy was picking up on, at least for me. I'm not saying everybody thinks that. It didn't seem like a blatant lie. You still don't know what the problem is. So until that happens, you don't want anybody to fall on the sword until you have the ability to figure it out. I agree with you. She probably could have worded it differently, but Mm -hmm. for her to try to figure out what's actually wrong first and then go to Sandy and say, this was the problem, as opposed to Sandy standing there going, well, you're lying. I get that perspective completely, but historically Malia isn't your typical outright liar. Malia is your semantics player or a lies of omission and manipulation. Right. Exactly. She will twist something to make it look a certain way without being able to have somebody come straight out and say, that's a lie. I see what you're saying. So as well as Sandy seems to 
know her or feels like she knows her. I don't know if she does or not, but I think that that's probably, you read more subtext into things the closer you get with people. You understand what they're doing and what they're saying. True. Well, and then we move on to the white party slash wet t-shirt contest slash Amish dress situation. (laughs) Those dresses were awful. I have no fashion sense whatsoever. And even I knew that those were awful. I mean, who knows how last minute they had to pull that off if they knew a couple days in advance, but whoever was on land that was doing their shopping for them couldn't find anything else that fit them all or to find four of them as well because they added another person. So maybe they had something in the wings waiting for that and then realized that they needed a fourth one that matched everything else. So it's possible that that was just a last minute throw in there but it seems like they kind of fixed it a little bit with some scissors Mm -hmm. it looks like all the food that came out looked amazing that right. looked really fantastic. I was going to try to compliment Matt on all of that, but he still has me blocked on Twitter. So <laughs> there's that. I so think I it's so funny. Again. I think it's so funny that he publicly has you blocked and then privately messages you <laughs> about True all that. the things we say. It's so funny to me. <laughs> True that. That's all right. Swag nasty strikes again. Yep. So kind of my last observation for this episode before we see the preview for the next week is that it seems like there's some complaining coming from one of the charter guests about the food, Mm -hmm. right? That she's not happy with the fact that everything's being served family style, which seems to work out very well for everybody else. Everybody else is saying nothing but good things about the food. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that is down on it and that's because she would rather have something plated and more elegant in her opinion except everybody else is happy so why are you down on this i think this goes back to what i was saying last week when he first did it i think it's an ingenious move on his part to do that with all of these preferences i have zero problems with matt in this instance i do feel like though that she did ask for a separate entree and they are making it difficult to see who dropped the ball on this because the only clip they showed was her saying it to katie and katie saying i'll relay that to the chef so we don't know if katie has been so wrapped up with all of her anxiety over the delaney thing that she dropped the ball and didn't tell Matt, or if Matt just decided, no, I'm already doing all of this. I'm not doing a separate entree too. We don't know where that fault lies. If a guest outright asks something, I would think it's in your best interest to do that. Well, at the same time, she's not the primary charter guest. So she's going to be the one leaving the tip. So she but- can- Usually on these, they all all chip in, don't they? Yeah. Ultimately, the primary charter guests make the decision, though. Right. That's true. Otherwise, what's the point of the differentiation? Right. That's a good point. That's true. So she can complain all she wants to. And it seems like the rest of the people sitting at the table with her are all looking at her like, really? Yeah, because she only gave him, she said, if it was a Yelp review, she either said four or four and a half stars. I can't remember. Yeah, and everybody else was saying, this is an 11.5 for me. Like, right. So if the general consensus that everything is great and everybody else is happy, then I feel like she's in the minority and nobody's going to care. Well, but then she did add that she has a high standard for food. And there has been, do you remember the charter where they said chicken is for poor people? (laughs) There has been a lot of chicken on this episode. I was noticing how much they had chicken parmesan, they had chicken tenders, they've had chicken on whatever those little rolls he did last night. Um, But if there's not a lot of red meat eaters in the group, then that's that's a smart way to go. 
That's true. I agree. But if she was thinking five star, she seems to be, and this is going to sound horrible. I probably shouldn't say it. She seems to be the eldest of the group. So that might be a generational thing as well. Yeah. But if everybody else is happy, then get over it. Right. If you're perpetually complaining like that and everybody else is going, we still think this is great, then just get over it and enjoy your vacation. Go get five-star right. food And she else. did end up doing the family style on the one where she wanted the fish entree. She did end up taking food. Well, and this last meal that we saw at the dinner was mm-hmm. sushi. And how often do you go to a sushi restaurant with a group of people and they bring out a huge platter so everybody can share? So that's not an unusual way to serve sushi in the first place. I've never had sushi in my life, so I will take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wrapping it up, we get to the cliffhanger and Matt has been weighing in through this entire episode about how Katie shouldn't have brought Delaney on, how Katie needs to fire her, that Katie needs to learn to be an a-hole he's really pushing her hard on this david seemed neutral because she does seem like she's going and getting feedback from people and he said that he was on neutral ground on it so i feel like she isn't getting a total pushback on this but i don't know if it's because matt's been so super vocal because lexi seems to be okay with it delaney seems to be okay with it david's okay with it courtney they really didn't give us an update on her so I don't know and I'm sure if it means that her life is easier and she gets to take breaks that she's fine with it too right and we haven't heard Z say anything so it makes me wonder if a lot of this isn't just because Matt's been so hyper vocal about it well and the fact that he threatens to quit and walk out right again Again. because he he wants to throw a tantrum yeah Yeah. because he doesn't get his way that's kind of ridiculous it's not his department and he's not the one that has to deal with I mean, he does have to deal with Lexi. So mm-hmm. if there's one more person in there, that means that he he's, has less interaction. He's the with only her. one that doesn't have to move though, right? Because in the flip, David's going to move back in with him. So right. Matt's got the least to do in all of this. And he's been the one that's saying so much. So like I, I said- I think he just needs to shut it down and mind his own business. Yeah. And Katie did get to a point where she wasn't taking opinions anymore. So I'm proud of her for that. So we do get to the conversation finally and between Katie and Delaney. Yeah. Katie calls down to laundry and asks Lexi to send Delaney up and Delaney thinks it's about cabin changes. They leave us with a cliffhanger. So everybody's wondering is Delaney staying or going? But you cannot hide that red hair in the previews. So we don't know what's said in the meeting, but Delaney's at least going to be there for the day off because we watch them all celebrating. They get a day out and get to go by waterfalls. That looked gorgeous, by the way. I can't wait to see the whole thing of that. But you can't hide that red hair. So she's sticking around at least through the fun day off, we know. Right. Well, we'll just have to check it out next week and see what happens, but it looks like for now it's a full boat so mm-hmm. yeah whether we finish that way or not right i know it's hard to tell with that throw down between matt and lexi how crazy would it be if they all ended up changing cabins and then lexi and matt have that throw down and this is when lexi leaves after they've <laughs> done everything that would make me laugh <laughs> go figure it's yep. like murphy's law it is below deck is the epitome of murphy's law <laughs> 
Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. And we will see you this week's super fan interview. We think you're really going to like. We are introducing you, if you haven't already been, to the Club Bravo room moderator on the Clubhouse app. So if you want to get a head start on the super van, tune in tonight at 6 p.m. And on Clubhouse. On Club Bravo's Clubhouse app. You can download that at Apple or Google Play. Thanks everybody for joining us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Gangplank Report wherever you get podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.